right, everybody, welcome in to episode two of After Hours, a minor league baseball podcast. My name is Brandon Apter. I am your host. I worked in the industry of minor league baseball for nine years, and my passion for it really uh, got me wanting to start a podcast about the business of minor league baseball. So if you listened to the first episode, welcome back for episode two, if this is your first time listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in and listen to episode one. Make sure that you're following the podcast on all social media platforms, with the exception of Instagram. It's on Twitter, at After Hours Pod. And Facebook, just type in After Hours Podcast, and you'll be able to follow or like it there. So in episode one, I talked to MILB promo god Ben Hill uh, about a number of topics, his career, and and a lot of the rebrandings that happened this offseason. A lot of teams refreshed their look, changed their name completely. So we're going to continue on that road of rebranding. And uh, this episode, I'm joined by Chris Phillips, who is the president and general manager of the Rocky Mountain Vibes, formerly the Colorado Springs Sky Sox. They changed their name this offseason after a big realignment with their ownership group that saw AAA baseball leave the Colorado Springs area for the first time in over 30 years. So the Vibes are now a rookie league affiliate with half as many home games and a really interesting name in general. The Vibes, it's not an animal. It's not really a thing. But it's a feeling, so we'll learn a little bit more about how the Vibes name came to be, and we'll learn a little bit more about uh, Chris's background in minor league baseball and how he got to be where he is today. All right, thank you so much for listening, and we're going to get right into it. Enjoy. Welcome back inside the After Hours podcast. Right now, I'm joined by the president and GM of the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Chris Phillips. Chris, thanks for taking some time to join us here on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So we just recently spoke to Ben Hill about rebranding in a general sense, talked about a lot of the teams that decided to refresh their names, uh, whether it just be their logos or a complete overhaul and, and really get a completely new name. And you guys really did that. So I'm excited to get into the process as to how you guys became the Rocky Mountain Vibes. Uh, But first, I always like to learn a little bit more about the person that I'm talking to and so the listeners can as well. So you've been in the business for quite some time. Um, Obviously, you went to Penn State, graduated in 2000. Uh, So you didn't originally start off working in minor league baseball, started in the hotel industry. So I guess my first question to you is kind of, what uh, what kind of piqued your interest or what at first was just like, okay, I kind of want to now work in the minor leagues. Tell, uh, kind of take us through your journey to the first minor league job. Sure. Uh, and actually, uh, my, my junior year in college, I did intern for the Altoona Curve, uh, which was a double A, you know, still is the double A affiliate for the Pittsburgh Pirates. But uh, that was their inaugural season. It was 1999. And, um, it was uh, it was kind of an interesting internship. I, the, the the ownership group, ironically, is the same ownership group that that has bought the team back. Uh, but they're the original owners and the original management team. Um, everything was just thrown on. I mean, it was brand new for them. They didn't really have a great grasp on how to run the team. Right. And I, it was it was a good it was a good learning experience. And and I you know I just 
I, uh, I got out of it as much as I could. Was it one of those uh, general internships where you kind of did a little bit of everything? Uh, yeah, and I kind of got pigeonholed into like doing the um, running the uh, the score, you know, running the, the line. Oh, score. okay. Uh, so it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't super fulfilling, but uh, but it was cool to be a part of, and it at least gave me a, an insight into okay, this is what Marley Ball is all about. And Altoona is a it's an interesting town. It's a you know it's a kind of a small blue collar town, yeah. but the uh, ballpark is beautiful. It's it's become kind of the the place to be in the in the city. So, um, so yeah. Then after after uh, graduating, um, worked for Hyatt in their kind of corporate world, uh, New York City for a couple of years, and then I got promoted to a property in Greenwich, Connecticut. And uh, yeah, hotel business is is pretty is, is brutal, man. It's twenty four seven, three sixty five, and um, I knew I knew after about three years it really wasn't what I wanted to do. You wanted to go from twenty four seven three sixty five to twenty four seven, maybe half of that. Yeah, <laughs> and jam jam all of the hours into into the uh, you know the six months, seven months of the of the season or yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, so I kind of I, I just was done one day, and I just like this is not for me, and was bartending and waiting tables and trying to figure out you know what the next step was and. Um, had no intention of, of moving back to central Pennsylvania and, and, and to Altoona, but had uh, been doing some research and that team had just come under new ownership and new management. And uh, I mean, looking back and we talk about this, I run into my, my colleagues from that team all the time. And it's just amazing where the people that we had on staff and what they've done with their careers. Yeah. Um, so the ownership group that took over was Chuck Greenberg. This was kind of his first foray into um, minor league baseball, and he was a sports attorney in Pittsburgh. He, he was the attorney for uh, Jerome Bettis and Mario Lemieux, and so had some kind of a little bit of star power there, which is pretty neat. And then, um, but the the general manager was uh, Todd Parnell, Parney. Oh yes, kind of now with Richmond. Yeah, now in Richmond. Yep. Is he still uh, the Rick annual? Panic. Is he still the annual uh, uh, promotional <laughs> seminar around the horn? <laughs> MC still? Yeah, whatever, whatever. I mean, whatever name he comes up with him for himself uh, yeah. for, for that particular year. Uh, but loved Parney and, and learned a, a ton from him. And then we had um, our AGM at the time was Rick Janik, who uh, who took over the team in State College. And then now he's with, he's with Penn. He's been with Penn State in their uh, fund development for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we had Jeff Garner, uh, who uh, was around minor league baseball for a long time. Uh, became the an associate GM at Penn State in charge of all their ticketing, and is now the president of the San Diego Fleet, which is the uh, Alliance of American Football Team in San Diego. And then we had Jason Dombach, who is the president of the Frisco Rough Riders. He yeah. just uh, just took a step back, but he ran that team for the last five years. Uh, Derek Martin, who's now the GM of the Curve. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Like the Doug Nel- Doug Nelson, who's the GM for IMG for Penn State. Just uh, and like all, we all started at the same time and kind of all seen each other's careers grow, and it's really, really neat to look back at that. Yeah, definitely. So obviously, you get through those first few years at Hyatt. Um, you, you really, it really differs from team to team. You know, with Altoona, obviously, you kind of worked your way up from the ticket department um, yep. to eventually becoming a part of the group that ran them and the State College Spikes. And as you said 
with Altoona and and State College, obviously those owned two by the same. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, um, and he, but obviously, was, uh, like yeah, you... so I kind of jumped ahead a little bit there just with the staff. But no, that's um, when um, I was uh, kind of searching for a job after leaving Hyatt and had noticed that the curve had come under new ownership and new management. Uh, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm young enough, and I'll give it a shot, and 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 see what it would really be like to be in the front office, and you know, started as low as I could, as you know, just a, a ticket account guy, and making, I'm uh, no joke, eighteen thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I could tell what they were doing, and they they were smart. They were they kind of cleaned house with the with the new group, and um went on this hiring spree and probably overhired intentionally with the, the purpose of kind of having people weed themselves out. So um, this was my first foray into really selling and uh, getting into selling season tickets and groups and everything that, that comes along with that. Yeah, but I, li- I was good at it and I liked it and uh, really good, you know, different management that knew what they were doing. Uh, they had experience. They were good trainers and uh, and we all got along. I mean, it was just a really good kind of family atmosphere. Parney was the the ringleader, and um, and we did well. I mean, we had we had years where we were absolutely crushing it there. Yeah. And uh, and then yeah, Chuck Chuck bought uh, Myrtle Beach and State College, and then eventually Frisco. Um, and so after I think four four years in Altoona, I had the opportunity to go to State College and. Um, kind of worked my way up to AGM there. Uh, that was a great experience. I was there to, you know, that was that was really cool to start a new franchise and be part of a new stadium being built. I think they were the and first team to do, uh, they were the first team to do Purr in the Park, right? We, we were. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, how did we do it? Yeah, I was talking it's, with uh, Ben Hill on the last episode that Bark in the Park is one of those promotions that has kind of rolled over the big leagues. Um, yeah, and yeah. we joked about um, whether we'd ever see Purr in the Park take over an That's MLB hilarious. ballpark. So, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, that one did not go over so well. <laughs> um, but that was really fun, and I think that that experience helped a lot. Was as we went through the um, the rebrand here because it was not easy. I mean, we had the team in Altoona, which is only forty miles away from State College, and State right. College is you know one hundred percent a Penn State football town. So the reaction from the community when we announced that we were building a new stadium and bringing a new short season team into State College was like, why do we need that? Um, <laughs> so it, it really it was it was challenging and, yeah. um, but it was a it was a great experience and I think we did a good job of of turning it all into a positive and um, coming up with the spikes and Ike the Spike is our mascot. Um, just going through that process, and we worked with Brand. Well, no, it wasn't Brandios at that point. It was so that one was plan, plan B. Yep, Plan B, I think. Yeah, and I think we were actually one of their first clients. Um, and now everybody's so using them. Everybody. I mean, it's it's insane. I don't know how they keep up with the the workload that they take on, but um, but they've really established a, a pretty remarkable niche in in um, changing the face of minor league baseball. I mean, if you think about it. Uh, before they came on board, there were some unique names out there, but not many. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from the color schemes and the mascots, um, you know, they're, they're great to work. They're super creative and artistic guys, and, and they've, got it, they've got it down to a, a formula. And it's really kind of cool to, to go through that process with them and 
see where they were when we started with them back in, that would have been 2005 uh, to now, which is, you know, 14 years later. That's crazy yeah. to even think about. Yeah. But, and it's, um, uh, it's one of those things too, where you look back and try to pinpoint when this all started. And I feel like I remember sitting in one of my offices when the El Paso Chihuahuas came out. And I feel like that yeah. was the beginning of yeah. the last like five or six years of rebranding. Yep. Yeah. And it, uh, you're absolutely right. And it was, yeah, so the, 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 it's almost been like, how crazy can you get? And you get the, now you got the trash pandas and the sod poodles. And, yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, and I think but, they were the iron pigs, like the iron pigs, I think might have been around before the big rebrand, but that one wasn't as like zany crazy as the other ones. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So it's, uh, it's fun. And I think, you know, it, and it, it's hilarious, like the, what they'll tell you um, as you're going through this is, you know, you got to have thick skin, right? Because especially in a rebrand, you're what you're doing is you're essentially killing the former name, and and people have memories and you know things attached to that. So they they go through the grieving process and yeah. they get angry and they are in denial and they start bargaining with you and it's like <laughs> and to a T. I mean, we saw that here, um, you know, from the time we announced to until the unveil happened, um, it, you've got to have thick skin because yeah. people are going to hammer on There's you. There's nothing like looking at the Facebook comments during a rebrand. Oh, and I, and and it's uh, it's it's just it's a little you know scary and stressful and uh, but a lot of fun along the way and and we love we love what we've come up with uh, here and, and I don't want to jump too far ahead yeah. but uh, it was it, it was just a cool process to go through with them then. Um, and seeing a ballpark, you know, from the time you put a shovel into the ground to uh, yeah. to opening day, uh, it's a really cool feeling. So that was that was something that I'll always remember and was was neat to be a part of. Yeah. So I guess that state college experience kind of provided or um, helped you prepare for really a little bit of what you've gone through recently um, with the vibes, formerly the Sky Sox, um, but. I always find it interesting when I hear stories like yours in minor league baseball because a lot of times when I was just starting off my career, it was you need to move around to move up. But for you, at least during the first chunk of your career, worked more or less in one organization, one ownership group, um, and kind of worked your way up there, which I feel like these days is kind of hard to see across minor league baseball because turnover is one of those things that just happens season to season. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and and I never, uh, I never really thought about it that way. But I, I, guess, I suppose I was really fortunate in a couple of senses that, um, yeah, I was able to be with that with that one ownership group for for a large part of my career, um, and just the, in the sense that Altoona and State College are so close to each other, uh, you know. And I'd gone to Penn State, and I had a lot of contacts in the area. So when we talked about uh, putting a team there and building a ballpark, I was just kind of the, the natural fit. Um, and I, I think I went in as a, I went there as like director of corporate sales and then kind of made it to AGM. Um, and then moving out here, kind of same situation. I, I, I was hired as a director of corporate sales and then, um, and then uh, the, the kind of other AGM that was here, uh, his wife had gotten pregnant. He decided to kind of, you know, get out of the game, and and it opened up a spot for me. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just 
timing and luck yeah. and um, where you are and who you're with. And but it worked out pretty well, and I'm, I'm I love where I'm at now. I, I think Colorado is a uh, if not a forever home, a very a very long time home here. So we'll see uh, we'll see what that means from a a team standpoint. But um, I, I you know having gone through this rebrand and, and just being able to now really have fun with it. I mean this is. Uh, I, I think we're going to have fun here for the next, you know, 15 years. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I've never personally been to Colorado. I think I might have when I was like a kid. Don't really remember a whole lot of it. But I, on a recent uh, season of Top Chef, I uh, got to see a lot of the sceneries there. I know they were in Aspen for... Uh, a couple of episodes there so just to see the scenery and everything and imagining really those minor league ballparks that are set you know with mountain landscapes whether it's not like <laughs> right there and everything like it's just yeah. visually uh stunning uh for a lot of teams are. that are able to to do that yeah and it's um i mean i had never been out here either i moved out here sight unseen and um was pretty blown away by just the yeah, the, the 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 sky, the mountainscapes, the the amount of just outdoor activity, and it's it, I mean it gets a ton of sunshine. So it's when I moved here, I feel like Colorado Springs was kind of like best kept secret, and now I feel like the secret's out. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's changed changed pretty dramatically over the last five years, and in a lot of ways, good. There's been a lot of growth, and um, the economy's been great, but it's uh, you know a lot more traffic now and, and things like that. So. Yeah. So obviously, uh, before coming over to the Sky Sox, you did the AGM thing in State College. Uh, so you dipped your feet in Double A. You went to short season uh, with State College, starting up the team there. Now you moved to Triple A, and right. obviously Triple A has you know the the players that are right next to the major leagues, whether they're prospects or guys that get flipped back and forth. But obviously, right. AAA club for 31 years, you know, before your time there. And now you move to a rookie league team, which plays many fewer games. So I right. guess for you as the president and general manager from going to, you know, having to really put out a schedule of promotions for 70 games, now doing yeah. half of that pretty much and yeah. Uh, yeah, structuring was, uh, ticket I packages. I struggled with it a little bit internally. I'm like, you know, from my career standpoint, um, you're going to have a lot more time to yourself. I think, well, no kidding. Right. Oh, really? So I called my, uh, one of my best buddies in the game is, uh, Alan Benavides, who's the, the GM in Eugene with the Emeralds. Yeah. And, uh, he had kind of, they're, they're part of our, the Elmore sports group, our ownership group here. And I've known him for years <laughs> and he was instrumental in helping me, um, get the job out here originally with the Sky Sox. I was a big fan of their Sasquatch stuff. Yes, love it, man. Lo absolutely creative. He, he's, he talked about a creative genius. He's, he does an Yeah, California job. League has a lot of those teams out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I called him, and I'm like, you know, I'm just kind of, I don't, I'm struggling with this internally. It feels like kind of maybe a step backwards in my career. And he's like, bro, <laughs> he's like, that's your ego, man. He's like, I will never work full season again. He's like, are you, get, are you getting paid by the game? And I'm like, no. He's like, then what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> like, so, uh, and, you know, I thought about that some more, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I get, you know, I get 32 nights of my life back every season. You know, and, and quite frankly, in April and May here, it's, it was tough, man. It was a bad, it's a bad business model. We would lose money in April and May. The weather is just really dicey. You know, I think we've been snowed out four out of the seven years on opening day, four of the seven years that I've been here. Yeah. And now we get to play 
you know, I was, and I was thinking about it this weekend. I'm like, it, we had this, we had a pretty bad snowstorm here a couple of days ago, and I'm looking out the window and I'm like, holy smokes! If we were, if we were still full full season, I'd have to have the ballpark ready here in four weeks. <laughs> like, there's no way. So um, now we get to cram all of our best promotions into the best weather month of the year. Our opening days uh, seems like a plus. Friday. Yeah, dude. It's it's you know our travel budget. We go from a fly league to a bus league. Our travel budget you know, it goes from, you know, almost half a million dollars down to sixty thousand dollars. I mean it's from a business standpoint, um, it's it's one hundred percent the right move. And uh and I think we're gonna crush it. I mean there are there are three other cities of similar size that were triple A cities and, and uh subpar triple A markets and all went to short season and are all absolutely killing it now. Mm-hmm. So Spokane, uh Hillsboro, the Hops, which is a kind of yeah. a suburb of Portland, and then Vancouver. Yeah, uh, we're all AAA teams. All had problems similar to us with weather, with altitude. Uh, all went to to short season, and I mean, I think Vancouver averages over seven thousand fans a game. Yeah, they just add, you know, so they, I know the short season draw, whether it be like short season A or rookie league, especially in those cities where it's passion and that baseball passion is there. It's very, I mean, it's not easy to get fans, but once you start. Um, once you start really, you know, ramping up those promotions and really have yeah. those good deals going, word of mouth really spreads quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And we have a lot of plans here for changing. The, I mean, our our, our mantra this uh, this uh, off season is we are changing everything. So um, it's something that the new brand allows us to do. And you know, there's nothing wrong with the Sky Sox name or brand or logo, but right. it's just kind of is very traditional, you know, red, white, and blue, and, and just kind of boring a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, that we, we had that as uh, as part of our – you're okay to go into this to rebrand piece here? I'll, I'll yeah, I was just going to give a little background into it. So yeah. well, let yeah, me let me set the stage for everybody here. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so in 2017, if I'm correct, uh, that's when it was announced that the Helena Brewers were going to move to Colorado Springs. Um, and be a rookie league team in 2019, and the team would go under a new name, and that means the uh, Colorado Spring Sky Sox AAA club was going to go to San Antonio and replace the AA club there, but continue as the San Antonio Missions, and then the AA Texas League team from San Antonio relocates to Amarillo, and now are the Amarillo Sod Poodles, which is one of the zanier rebrands of the offseason. Um, so obviously a lot of moving parts there, and, and the big one obviously moving from AAA to rookie ball, but as we just talked about, um, you really get to pack a lot into a small amount of time, which sure can be more exhausting uh, when you're actually going through those games, but at the same time you really get more bang for the buck, and, and you get to pack the best stuff in, and you don't really have those... Uh, you know, Monday or Wednesday nights where you're just like, you know, I don't really, it's going to be 200 people here. What's the point sort of thing? I don't know. I mean, every year you, you, you nailed it with all the, 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 the realignment, um, which in itself, I mean, the, the fact that we were able to accomplish that is pretty amazing. Yeah. Kudos to our, to our ownership group. I mean, you know, major league baseball approvals, minor league baseball approvals, all the different league approvals, taking into consideration all the, the travel changes, and um, so we were we were really happy that we were able to do that. It could have been very easy for us, for the Elmores, to say, you know, hey, it's been a good run in Colorado Springs, but we're uh, we're going to hang it up here, and you know, and, and move to San Antonio and, and Amarillo, and, and leave yeah. Helena where it is. 
But, you know, we're in a unique situation here. We own, we own the ballpark and we own um, the parking, which in, in almost every city is not the case. It's yeah. A it's normally a city thing. City or a county, right? Yeah. So we own the ballpark. You know, we're in the fastest growing cities in the country. You know, is there a way to figure out how to keep professional baseball here? And so we start looking at it from a geographic standpoint because obviously every league is going to have policies around travel and you got to be within a certain geographic radius and so on and so forth. So really the only league that was potentially going to work was the Pioneer League. And, um, you know, we owned the Helena, Helena Brewers team in that league, which, you know, again, really unique situation for us here in Colorado Springs. We're in a market, you know, our DMA is almost a million people. Yeah. You know, most every other, every other market in the Pioneer League um, is probably, I mean, Grand Junction's probably the largest, and there may be 100, 150,000. So we're in a huge market, kind of similar to, like I just said, with Spokane, Vancouver, and, and Hillsboro. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, think, I think we're going to do really, really well uh, from an attendance standpoint. I think our per-game average is going to go up significantly. Um, every game becomes a little bit more of a can't-miss opportunity. And um, so, yeah, it was it was definitely the right thing to do. The fact that we were able to get it done was pretty, pretty impressive. Um, and then we announced, yeah, we announced the, the realignment in, in 17. And then this last June is when we announced that we would be rebranding. Yeah. And obviously at that point you have the, you know, name the team contest and everything. Right. And right. Uh, I know you guys were one of a couple of teams that gave the finalists, which, um, the five finalists were the Colorado Springs Happy Campers, the Colorado Springs Lambs Chops, Lamb Chops, the Colorado Springs Punchy Pikas, the Colorado Springs Throttle Jockeys, which my was my personal favorite, um, and the um, Rocky Mountain Oysters. But instead of uh, going with any of the five finalists, um, yeah. you go with uh, the Rocky Mountain Vibes. And at first, you know, I, I watched the rebrand. Um, and it was one of those things where I was just like, wow, another one of those teams that's not going with what their fans really wanted. But after you got to see the logo, which is more or less a s'more, um, I mean, it looks kind of awesome. And the fact that you guys decided to go with a team that's not really a thing or an animal, more of like an emotion, uh, was something unique in itself. So can you kind of talk about the process uh, behind uh, you know, going from those five finalists to, to landing at the vibes. Sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it was, uh, there's an interesting twist and turn in the middle of this story here. So, um, you know, when we, the, the process was open submission, right? So anybody could submit any name they wanted, um, for, I think there was a two week period and we had uh, a little over 3000 names submitted. And, you know, at that point we didn't, I didn't know what the, what the name was going to be. And I, you know, I had plenty of cocktail napkin ideas and, and things just kind of, you know, laughing about stuff around the office, but nothing concrete or, or significant. Um, so then the next step uh, is to, to go from all the submissions down to the five finalists. So we have a big um, conference call with the Brandios folks, and I had everybody on staff bring in their top 10 names, and they could either be names that were submitted or names they came up with, whatever. And I asked Jason and Casey from Brandios to do the same. So the goal for that call was to get down to our top five. So we eliminated a lot of non-starters or a lot of, you know, what I would consider boring names, mountaineers, pioneers, 
um, things like that. And we knew we wanted to be unique, right? And this was our kind of go off the grid a little bit, you know, kind of get away from that that quote unquote boring Sky Sox look and and name. Um, but we wanted to, you know, there were there were the criteria of keeping it family friendly and original and unique and relevant to the region and and things like that. So. Uh, on that phone call was the first time that we saw the happy campers name and that kind of made me chuckle and I'm like, okay, that, that was not, I did not see that submitted cause I would have remembered that one. Right. And, uh, it turned out that, uh, that Jason from Brandios had, had put it into the, to the ringer. So we're going through and, and that name like keeps making the cut. So I said, well, let's, let's talk about this cause it's a goofy name, you know, I get it, you know, you know, the people probably shorten it. You go to the campers game, so I could see that potentially working. Happy is kind of what makes it cute and funny. Um, but everybody on staff was like, no, I mean, it's like it works. It works for Colorado. It works for Colorado Springs. You know, everybody that lives here is a happy camper because you get the sunshine and the outdoors and the mountains. And I'm like, Unless the, okay. it's the staff All that right. gets like, snowed think, out in April and May, right? Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> so, so I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't – okay, you know, we'll, we'll keep it, we'll keep talking about it. Um, but I'm like, what would the mascot be? What, you know, what's the color scheme look like? I was having trouble trying to visualize it. Um, but at the end of the day, so we got down to like those five names, but we were pretty certain at that point, um, that happy campers was going to be the, the, uh, the winner. And I mean, is that it was our choice. At the end of the day, we always said that the fan vote is very important, uh, but it's our team, you know. So we'll make final final decision on it. So uh, Jason and Casey start working, and and the other names were kind of placeholders. I mean, Throttle Jockey was our nod to the military. We have it's a huge military presence in the city here, um, huge part of our fan base, and we do a lot to support them. So we wanted to make sure we had a military name in there. Lamb Chops was stupid, and you can tell Jason and Casey that. Um, Solid show back in the day, but not great for a name. Yeah. Uh, the Punchy Pika is a pika is like a, this little kind of rodent animal that lives above tree line on, on Pike's Peak. So that was a, it, that one could have worked, uh, but again, I wanted I didn't like I didn't want to be an animal. It was just you know played. Um, and then uh, the yeah the, the ever controversial Rocky Mountain oysters, which I was hesitant to even put into the top five, but got talked into it. And um, you know, a part of the goal with this was to get to, to kind of have make, you know create a little controversy and get people talking, and that certainly did the trick. And uh, so uh, we we knew we would never that would never be our full time name. We you know we could potentially do a what if night where we're the oysters, but yeah. that would have been a pure, a pure nightmare. Um, so we start going down the happy campers route and that's when, uh, we're talking about the mascot and what that could be. And I've got a sketchbook of just hundreds of pages of potential mascot things. And, um, but through that process is when we first started seeing our, our toasty, our, our new, uh, s'more mascot kind of come to life. And at first it was like this little marshmallow character and there's been a million different iterations of what, yeah. Uh, Toasty uh, went through before he came to his full form. But as soon as we saw that, we're like, okay, I think we got something here. And uh, it's very it's very minor league baseball. It's very unique. It's family friendly, but it still plays to kind of that adult crowd. Um, it's colorful. Uh, it's outdoorsy. It's active. And we're like, okay, like 
as soon as we started seeing that, I'm like, I'm, I can live with happy campers. I think it works. Um, and uh, so we start going, you know, we're, we're all in. And we're about, I don't know, 40% of the way through the process. Uh, and um, we get an email from our ownership that says, problem with happy campers. You know, and everything had been already trademarked approved, and we were good to go. And so I scroll down, and it's from uh, from Pat O'Connor, the president of minor league baseball. Oh, yeah. Uh, his legal team, somebody has alluded, alerted him to the fact that there was a uh, a dispensary, a, mar- a marijuana dispensary in some town maybe an hour and a half away from here that was called the Happy Camper Dispensary. Oh, boy. Yeah. So um, I don't know that it ever would have been a complete non-starter, but it was the way the email was worded. It was like, you should probably go with a different name because mm-hmm. it's going to be – we probably could have fought it, appealed it, whatever. Um but it was pretty clear, and, and our ownership was pretty clear. Like we need to, we need to go in a different direction, which was devastating. I mean, we were we were completely deflated as a staff. It was, you know, we didn't want to start from from square one. We loved where everything was going with the creative side of it. So um, you know, we said, look, look, it is what it is. Let's pull up the bootstraps and and get back to the drawing board. And um, but, you know, honestly, it was probably three, four days of just not sleeping and just totally stressing out over it. You know, we were on all these timelines, too, with the uh, merchandise and logos, and, and yeah. we were just up, up against it. And so I was uh, I was in uh, Target. There's a Target right near the ballpark here, like, talking to myself out loud because I hadn't been sleeping. And I'm like, what was it about that name? I didn't, you know, it was a, it was go- it was a goofy name. It wasn't that great of a name. Um, but you know how your brain works and you're like, that was the best name. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. and I ke- it kept coming back to me like what, you know, I liked it cause it wasn't a thing, right. It was like this attitude. So what, I was like, what's another word for that, that emotion or that vibe. And we had used the word vibe a million times through this process, but never as a potential idea for a name. And I, kind of just said it to myself again out loud I'm like, the vibes i'm like going to the vibes game and i'm like okay i'm like <laughs> that could maybe work i'm like it's got energy to it uh it's a very colorado-y word um but i'm like what like the good vibes or the chill vibes and no i'm like back to happy campers i'm like people that love that live here are happy campers because of the outdoors and the mountains and i'm like the mountains i'm like the rocky mountains i'm like, the Ro-? I'm like what if we're the rocky mountain vibes and i just said it and I called Jason at Brandios from Target, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, what if we're the Rocky Mountain Vibes? And he's like, huh. Uh, he's like, let me chew on it, and I'll get back to you. So I race back to the ballpark, and I get the staff together in the conference room, and I'm like, all right, what if we're the Rocky Mountain Vibes? And it was like dead silent. <laughs> and our marketing director is like, uh, did you just come up with that? Target breeds some interesting thoughts when you're sleep deprived. (laughs) And he's like, it's pretty good, man. I was like, yeah, I I think it's pretty good too. And Jason called back right at that time. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, we we like it. He's like, it's maybe a little vague. And I'm like, well, you know, it's only as vague as we make it. Right. I'm like, if we tell the story, it's our story. And I'm like, I kind of like the fact that it's vague because we can take it in a bunch of different directions. And, and I was like, my main, again, my main goal was, was keeping the creative going and, and keeping toasty. And I was like, he definitely fits in with the Rocky Mountain vibe. Oh, yeah. So I was like, let's just do it, man. But then I had to go through getting that name trademark approved, which I was worried about. 
um, but it made it, and uh, we were kind of back on track. And then it was just a matter of keeping everything secret, and um, you know, we uh, were about to sign a new stadium naming rights deal. We'll have a new stadium naming rights partner, so no longer Security Service Field. But I had to tell the uh, the CEO of this company kind of you know where we were going with the name. I had him sign an NDA, and yeah. um, you know, walked him through the whole process, and you know, I was like, he's like, all right, so we're going to be the Rocky mountain vibes. And I was like, yeah, he goes, we're going to have a, we're going to have a s'more as our mascot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he goes, his name, his name's toasty. I was like, yeah, he goes, I love it. I was like, all right, <laughs> that kind of gave us some, uh, credibility and, and we knew we had something fun and good and different. And, yeah. um, you know, I think the, a lot of the, a lot of the community as we were going through the process was, was like, yeah, we'll wait and see before we jump back on for season tickets or sponsorship or whatever. Um, and then when we, uh, when we unveiled, uh, a lot of immediate positive, you know, you're going to have your haters out there when yeah. you let them hate. Uh, but even those people now are coming around. They're like, dude, it's, it's coming around, man. It's, it's growing on me. Uh, you know, and we, and now that we're talking about all the fun things we're going to be doing at the ballpark, I think people are getting really, really excited. We do a um, every preseason. We just had our first one yesterday. We do kind of a a lunch and learn, so it's like a VIP luncheon that we'll put on for you know a bunch of HR directors or marketing executives around town and bring them in to the ballpark and and show them um, you know everything, all the, the suites, the hospitality areas, how to book a group, what sponsorship packages look like. And we had a uh, hundred and forty people at our first launch yesterday, and wow. the energy in the room was was uh, better than it's been in the last eight years. I mean, it's just people are people are, are are pumped about it. Good, yeah. Obviously, probably a tons to look forward to. Um, with regard to maybe a couple of notable things, uh, are yeah. there a, like a promotion or two that you guys are really excited about? And what about? I know at least for me, when I go to minor league ballparks, uh, I try to find the most unique food item and have that do you guys have anything planned along those lines yeah and that's probably been uh well definitely s'mores galores right i mean we're gonna have s'mores all over the place but uh um uh we are renovating and modernizing our concession stands this off season that project just started a couple weeks ago and that's going to allow us to uh do a lot with bringing in new product alleviating lines things like that uh we have not come up with kind of the signature signature item i had our executive chef make a giant s'more brownie that we gave away at the luncheon yesterday so things along those lines will be pretty fun uh, but you're going to see a lot more color in the bar in, in the park and um you know making it kind of a lot more disney that was one of the things when brandios came into town as we were starting the rebrand process you know they they ran some focus groups with some of our sponsors and other community members and uh um you know, they, the we weren't allowed to sit in those meetings, but the feedback that they gave us was, you know, the everybody loves you guys. You know, you're great operators. You know how to put on an event. You know, you know, great customer service. And I was like, okay, well, what's the, you know, what's the bad news? And they're like, well, there's no magic. And I'm like, oh, well, that hurts. <laughs> but they were right. I mean, it's it's kind of been status quo here for the last, uh, you know, six seven years, and um, um you know, we needed to figure out a way to bring that magic, that Disney, you know, feel back into the ballpark. And a right. lot of that's going to be done with, with color and, you know, simple aesthetic things with like signage, 
but then we're going to have some uh, renovation projects going on. We're totally revamping what our kids' zone area looks like. Um, so things like that, just ways to figure out how to enhance the fan experience and make it so that when they come into opening day on Friday, June 21st year, I want them to be like, holy smokes, that's new and that's new and yeah. that's new and that's new. And So that's kind of the goal for us is, again, you know, changing everything and, or at least looking at everything in a different and a different from a different perspective and figuring out how we can improve upon it. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, Chris, I do appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to speak yeah. with me about the vibes rebrand. Um, can find more about the vibes online at vibesbaseball.com, And I believe that's the Twitter handle as well at vibes baseball, right? That's correct. And you'll get Toasty's good vibe of the day if you follow us on Twitter. So make sure to follow them on Twitter. And uh, hopefully uh, in the future, perhaps after the season, we'll we'll see how the community has embraced it through one season. But again, thanks for coming on and hopefully we'll talk to you again. Yeah, thanks for having me.